census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. podcast i'm your host patrick rayhold but you can call me patsy the angry nerd we are here in the pat cave once again of magenta manor brought to you by deadly grounds coffee and the dorkening podcast network and i of course am not here by myself i am joined by my co-host on the show and my co-host in life she is the baroness of bordeaux the countess of cabernet the mistress of merlot the viceroy of vignoles did we settle on viceroy Viscount. You tell me. The Princess of Prosecco, the Queen Regent of Rosé. She is the Michael Phelps of wine, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Queen of the Monsters, and an Honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ashes Von Nightmare. I was a lot happier when I was on vacation. Yes, when we were on vacation last week, broadcasting from the sea, or close enough that it didn't matter. But yeah, we are uh, back from vacation. We have got our uh, studio space up and running again. Uh, so it's a lot less echoey, which is sad because we're not not on vacation at the beach. But uh, That makes me a sad panda. But we've got some fun stuff for you uh, today and up for the next couple of weeks. we got some cool guests coming on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have stuff planned in advance for the next several weeks, which is wild to me who are we we're pod people podcast people (laughs) the only issue i have over the next few weeks is because i'm gonna be away filming um we're not gonna be going to see any movies i know and and there's there are the woman king so many films out right now um pearl yeah barbarian Barbarian streaming. Is it streaming? Yes. Okay. So and I'm going to have to watch I, that. From what I understand, there is a nine-minute monologue in Pearl that people are saying should uh, very much uh, push Mia Goth into Oscar consideration. Really? I mean, a nine-minute monologue. Like, you have to keep people's attention. Nine minutes? That's a lot. That's like 650 TikToks. It's a, it's a it's a lot. It's a lot. Um I am curious as to like what's the longest monologue ever? Because uh, it takes a lot to monologue because it's just one person, it's you. Mono means one and log means log. So this is one log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's better than bad, it's, it's good. good. From Blamo. Uh if you get that reference, um it's probably time to schedule a colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> so we are back today uh, continuing our, our spooky stuff. So spooky. And uh, we are a little late in getting this episode out because 
we apparently did not communicate what the plan was this week. Which makes sense because we really haven't seen each other more than like I'm sorry, sir, who are you again? Ten hours this week. I've I was helping out I thought I was working on a commercial, but apparently it's prep for a commercial for a, like a big national brand. And basically what we were doing, we drove first all around Massachusetts and then into New Hampshire and uh, uh, Rhode Island. I put about almost 800 miles on my car this week. Um, just going to different stores and getting stuff in preparation for this uh, for this commercial which may shoot in one of three different countries. Uh, not sure which one. Uh, they're not sure which one yet. They're still trying to decide on who's doing what. So, uh, and uh, these were long, long days. Like, I would leave a few hours before you, but you would get home a few hours after me. Mm-hmm. And, like, by the time you got home, I had about an hour, hour and a half before I had to go to bed. So we didn't see much of each other, so there wasn't a whole lot of time to communicate uh, our plan. But it worked out because we got an extra episode out of it. Yes, yes. So instead of covering everything we were going to cover in this, we're like, you know what? We can split this into two so we get an extra week's worth of stuff. More entertainment! And I think it's... I, I like the Are fact that not it's... entertained? That it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a really good episode, actually. Yeah, like the two actually, subjects. Actually, yes, it, it really is. So, so today we're going to be talking about uh, movies and TV and different media where there's some sort of threat, but the real threat is the friends we made along the way. It's the horror trope that humans are the real monsters. So regardless of the situation, and typically it happens in like a post-apocalyptic type of environment. Everybody for themselves. Yeah. Right, where, you know, there's a there's an outside threat, um, whether it be zombies or aliens or monsters or, or what have you, uh, you know, climate. Um, humans are put in this situation where... It's a uh, survival is grim and it's every man for themselves. And while you do need other people to survive, it's generally which group can be the most sadistic and bloodthirsty and which leader is the one that is willing. And as, as we're talking about this, I'm sure there are different things going through your head. Like there, you have certain things that are going, that you immediately like, Oh yeah, I'm thinking of this character. I'm thinking of that character. Um, so hang on to that. Cause we're going to get to it. But we decided we want to do our, our getting into character question of which apocalypse do you think you would do best in, you know, and it could, it doesn't have to be anything generic. You could be like, well, you know what? I think I would be awesome in a vampire apocalypse because i eat garlic bread 24 7 um, and i would i would just be fine you know or you could say i would be perfect in daybreakers because you know whatever reason so if you have like a you know but for us um you know we were thinking about this earlier uh do you want to go first or do you want me to go first so 
I would not fare well in any type of apocalypse at all. That a is fashion light, apocalypse. <laughs> that is life threatening. Um, I'm asthmatic and I can't run. I'm not. Uh, I mean, I go to the gym. I'm active, but like, I also have zero self-defense skills. Actually, no, that's a lie. I'm sure like instincts could kick in. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm not giving myself enough credit right now. Um, you know, I do know how to wield uh, a firearm. Um, but I, I don't know, like what, a, a cuddle apocalypse, like all of a sudden there's just like, a just bunch just of cats. Puppies everywhere and you're just like getting, sw- like those videos like, where like just, If I just lay on the floor s- and just get swarmed with Yeah, cats. like golden retriever puppies. A zombie apocalypse. Oh, little zombie. Little yeah. zombie. Oh, that can be our, uh, that can be our picture. <laughs> zombie. That can be our uh, thumbnail um, this week. Zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that, that's that's the only zombie apocalypse I would I would survive. Um, Actually, you know what? No. Oh, I think uh, I I think I could fare pretty well in an actual zombie apocalypse. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, a like I've seen so many zombie things, you know, television, movies, what have you, uh, read books and whatnot. So I feel like you know I'm I'm mentally prepared for it. Well, you would um, also. I'm smart. I was gonna say you'd also be highly sought after for your scientific skills. Right. So I I feel like you know there's uh, there's something to having. Somebody, you know, obviously you're going to want muscle. You're going to want, um, you know, people who can fight and people who can. But that know, wouldn't be you. You'd be, be the protector. But like, I, I would be, I would be the queen. No. <laughs> you would be. No. No, you um, would be, you would be the scientist. Think, uh, what's his name in uh, Day of the Dead? Like, you'd be, you'd be fine. Like, you know, you wouldn't have to go fight on the front lines. You would just be doing all the research. I would have a zombie in my secret lab that you would feed. That you know, I, I would I would give a Walkman to, and yeah. uh, would feed him, and, call and him he Bob. would learn things. Call him Bob. Bub. Bob. Bub. No, like you don't want to. You don't want to get sued. Yeah. Oh yeah. Copyright infringement. Mm. Um. So so yeah. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with zombie apocalypse. Um. Especially if it's kind of like a cl- the, the classic zombie that we've seen. Like the, the slow, slow moving. You know. A sh- not I think twenty eight. Did you? Later. I, you called it what? A shuffle of zombies. A shuffle of zombies. Yeah. Um. You know, I definitely something not these like manic rabid zombies, but I think it's if it's just like the slow moving cadaverous zombies. I could so definitely... like a Romero zombie, not a Danny yeah, Boyle zombie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think I could fare well in something like that. Um, also, uh, a viral apocalypse well i mean i mean granted zombies kind of like that but, but there are well, other you've done well in this one so far i was just gonna say you've not had covid yet i mean that you're aware of but i think you would have been you would have been aware of it i i feel like yeah i feel like i would have uh, yes especially with your asthma oh, jesus my asthma <laughs> or or be like the kids in uh, lord of the flies sucks to your asthma yeah <laughs> But what about you? See, for me, I definitely zombies because um, 
I can fight. I would be like one of those frontline guys because I can fight. Uh, but I'm also very resourceful. Like I'm good at planning. So I would be like, I think I would be in like the leadership. Uh, okay, circle. Dave Batista. Well, no, I'm very resourceful. Like how often are we in a situation and you're like, oh, I wish I had one of these. And it's like, yeah, I have that. This is true. This is true. Even you, on a, you and on your a, bag of tricks. On a film set, same thing. It's like, oh man, I wish we had this. No one thought to bring it. It's like, yeah, I've got two of those. But like, you also have really great um, bargaining skills. Problem solving, rationalization. Like I can, I can, yeah. Like I can, I can talk to people. I can. It's like, well, you know, this isn't, you know, it's like, oh, I'm gonna take all your stuff. It's like, eh, you don't want all my stuff. My stuff sucks. However. I will give you some of my things, but you'll have to give me some of your stuff. Like, all right, I'll give you half of my stuff. I'm like, oh, there we go. See, like that, you know. It's marriage. Yeah. That's usually how that works. Uh, I don't think uh, I would do well in like a Mad Max type apocalypse. Um, you know, I would, I would probably be like one of those, like, they would probably use me for currency. Like you know, I'm a big fat guy that you know can't can't do much. I mean, I can fight a little bit, but I don't know. Like use you for currency, what pass you around pass a little bit? Me, like <laughs> they're like, oh, all I got is this fat guy. I'm like, all right, well, you know, and they're like, oh, here's this fat guy, and like you know, give like two orphans, like oh, here's your change, like <laughs> um, two orphans and like a, a canteen full of like kerosene. Um, so I don't think I would do well in that one. Like, I don't know how to drive stick. I mean, I'm sure I could learn, but I mean, how long would it, would that last anyways? Plus I get thirsty a lot. And like that, the big thing is water there, like water and gasoline are like the two, like really like dwindling resources. So I don't know a weather apocalypse. I could deal with that. I could deal with a weather apocalypse. I'd be fine. Um, well, I guess it depends on what type of weather. No, I'd be fine. Sweltering heat? Sweltering heat. I would wear uh, my big orange hat to keep the sun oh my off God. my head and my neck. Well, problem solved. Yeah. The sun is burning up the earth, but you have a nice, big, bright orange hat. I have my big hat. So, And then like if I was worried someone would see my bright orange hat and shoot me and try and take it, I'd wear my camouflage hat and then I'd be fine. So... Those, um, probably not, uh, probably not like a vampire apocalypse because I eat a lot of candy. So like my blood would be really good on pancakes. Um, so probably not a vampire apocalypse. It was like, they would just be, they'd be like, eh, it's Morbin time. And like, they'd get me, <laughs> um, <laughs> alien apocalypse. I don't know, probably, like, I mean, being uh, the peak of uh, male performance, like when you when you see, see me like Robert Baratheon, uh, you know, peak, peak, uh, and Jack Black, they'd be like, all right, well, you're definitely going into the breeding program because we need more of you so I could take them down from the inside. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd probably survive an alien apocalypse that way. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know about the other one. Like, if it was giant bugs, like, I would probably just kill myself if it was giant bugs, because I don't like bugs. 
I'd be like, well, it's either like shoot myself or get eaten by like crickets. Like, well, I mean, there was that time. The 70 pound grasshopper looking motherfucker. It was a praying mantis. It was 72 pounds. It was on the driver's side door of your car. And like the car tilted sideways. And you saw it and you screeched and you ran. It was more like a nope. Went around the side of the car. You thought I was opening the door and being chivalrous. Yeah, I thought you were opening the door for me to get into the passenger side. Well, I had to because I had to counterbalance the weight because my car was ready to tip over. It was like that scene in the the Flintstones where they put the giant rack of ribs on Uh and the car flips over. That's how big this bug was. Uh huh. Like it started to fly away and like pick the car up, mm-hmm. but like I was able. It, it was like that scene in King Kong where Andy Serkis gets eaten by like weevils. Like there's just they like, wobble, but they don't fall down. Like it was, it was the worst. I was like, nope, no thanks, not not doing that. So, I mean, yeah, no bugs, no mm. bugs. If it was a shark apocalypse, I would be king. Well, I mean, they would name you king. Well, they would know. You would be king of the well, sharks. Well, that's why, like, they would rise up in my name. Like, that would be the whole reason behind the shark uprising, the shark apocalypse. They're all named mittens. A shark apocalypse? I don't know. That's not. That's that's not happening. Shark but, apocalypse. Uh, shark shark apocalypse. Yeah, shark sharks don't have lips. Yeah, I don't know. Uh huh. But uh, yeah. So that's our thoughts. Uh, if you have different thoughts, let us know. Um, we'd love to hear what uh, what type yeah. of apocal- apocalypse you think you would be best suited to with your your skills and abilities. Do um, you have anything else you wanted to add? No. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're gonna going to... <laughs> we're yep. going to be talking about some stuff. We And some things. Yep. So stay tuned. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast. It's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkning Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
And we are back. Uh, I wasn't sure which, uh, like, I, normally I do, like, a trailer or something if, like, if we're talking about different, um, you know, different characters, but I just wanted to do, like, some post-apocalyptic music, so I just went on YouTube and searched apocalyptic music, and that's some of the stuff that come up. Uh, there's some more for the, the second break, so let me know what you thought about that. So... This week, like we said, we're talking about instances in movies where something bad is happening. doesn't matter what it is, but something bad is happening. And the real threat that you would normally think would be the issue is not the issue. The real threat is other people. So when we were kind of discussing this at the beginning, I'm sure you had something in mind and I'm sure that we're about to cover it, but, uh, ashes, you had this one first on your list. I had this on my list as well. Uh, why don't you talk about your first pick? So for me, the most obvious choice is the walking dead, you know, this zombie post-apocalyptic, uh, oh, they're walkers wasteland, you know, that was once, earth you know um and the people who are trying to navigate this zombie wasteland and initially you know so i actually i stuck with the walking dead through many seasons i have not finished it i dropped off what probably about four or five years ago go um but I, I i stuck with it hard through the first first few seasons anyways uh got through the whole negan thing um but initially you know it appeared that the main threat was the zombies and and just these these people trying to adjust to this life and you know the life with the walkers and um how to how to navigate this new landscape but as the series progressed you know and, and, and you find it it starts in that first season but as the series progresses you know you start to realize that the zombies are just you know part of it even the first two seasons I mean, like, like initially, it's just like it, it's it's zombies well, I mean, when they're establishing the the landscape and whatnot. Well, the it's, first two seasons, like you have to deal with Shane being a dick. Well, that's people. but that's the thing. Like you know, uh, starting out the first couple of episodes, it's it's the zombies and, and there's a, finding survivors and banding together and well, trying to maximize the potential for survival. Because it's it starts off with just Rick, and we get that trope of random guy wakes up in hospital has no idea what's going on like Danny Boyle did in 28 days later Coral where are you Hello Coral Yeah like he had no idea what was Don't going on Don't dead open inside Yes Like he had no idea he met Morgan and Morgan kind of gave him a bit of a rundown of what was going on but like it wasn't until he met up with the uh, you know Glenn and uh obviously he found Shane and his wife, well, right, but it, it started with like Glenn and Andrea and her yes. sister and uh, Michael Rooker and Daryl and uh, T Dog and I think that was that was that group. There might have been one or two more. It's been years since I've watched it. Was Carol part of that group, or was she part of the Carol other group? was part of the group with Shane, Shane and yeah. Lori and Carl uh, because she had the abusive husband. 
Right, and right. And Shane beat the shit out of him. She's a she's a phenomenal character. We might have to talk well, about we, at we some will point. At some point, because uh, she, her character arc is she turns into very Sarah Connor. Intri- pretty much, yeah. Um, but as the episodes progress, and definitely as the as the series progresses, you know the this this team of people obviously they meet new people they come across new groups now some of those groups are um uh, just like them looking to survive uh willing to team up to maximize their chance for survival but some of those groups are very stuck in their ways they have leaders who are very maniacal and very bloodthirsty so to speak like well, well i mean literally I mean, with when it comes to terminus because they were cannibals right it, like and that's what you see as you as as you progress as well it's you know oh these these like people living in like an abandoned shed and then these people who are just like roaming around well, and then they get and then bigger they, and better societies right. well as i mean like along. you know the governor alexandria yeah uh, no, Woodbury. Woodbury, yes. Welcome to Woodbury. Yeah. That whole thing. He was insane, but he was the leader. He had that charismatic but despotic. He was the perfect politician because yes. he was so two faced. But he you didn't ruthless. realize he was two faced. Um, you know, like you said, very charismatic. And then you go into uh, what was next? The, then was the then they moved into the prison, and with, with and he the, had the he he was there as well, trying to take the prison over from them. And then you started slowly that Negan storyline. Yes, like you know, you you hear about who he is. But you don't find out who he is. You don't see until him. they just beat you over the head with I him. I know they just you know just. But I'm Ching. Eye popping, good time. <laughs> but you start to see that uh, the the zombies at that point um, is still a threat, but not so much because at this point, this the ap- zombies apocalypse... don't plan. They don't. They're not well, vindictive. But, I mean, like that episode where things... Negan takes everybody's mattresses. And then just burns them, doesn't do anything with them, but it's like, we're just taking this from you because we can. At that point, they know how to navigate this world with the zombies. Yeah, they're in Alexandria. They've got this trading thing with the kingdom and Hilltop. Yeah, you know, they know uh, they know what they need to do to survive and stay away from the walkers. Like, they very rarely did you see somebody you know, uh, be eaten by a horde or killed by a zombie. You know, very rarely yeah, it was, at that point. It was, it like was you more ha- so... It was the equivalent of being hit by a train. It was more so the tension between the people, the people within their own groups at times, because, you know, this was a very trying time situation. We should what just have do you. what Negan said. No, we need to stay the way, stay our course. No, we should do what he said. Like the, the guy that ran Hilltop. Yeah. Who was that sniveling coward. Uh, yeah, he was, he was bad. He was a politician. He was definitely a Republican. Um, a Republican? Yeah, he sucked. Uh, I'm glad he's dead. But like all the, you know, and then, the problem with that storyline is like every time you get like this bigger and better, like the governor was great, but then you have to deal with 
Negan. And it's like, that's great. Well, how do you top it? Oh, now we have the Whisperers. I'm like, well, how do you top that? Now you have the Commonwealth. And it's like, oh my God, like this is too much. And it was like Game of Thrones where it's like, oh my God, this random person died. You know, like, or this main character died randomly. Like, whoa, wow, I can't believe they killed this person off. Wow, I can't believe they killed that person. Then it was just like, wow, nobody can fucking die. Like, Daryl should have died 25 years ago. Yeah, well, again, like, I mean, it's off the air now, I believe. No, it's still oh, going. Oh, it's still going? I think well, it's, it's on its, it's final season. It's finishing up, though. It's finishing yeah. up. But then there's um, 27 spinoffs in the movies. Yeah. Uh, uh. I mean, it's one of those things where they really should have just mapped it out and let it go for a few seasons and had it be, like, a really strong storyline. Well, like the, the pitch meeting for it. How many seasons are you thinking? I don't know. How many numbers are there? <laughs> Um, yeah, and I'm not going to go into my, like, actual thoughts and feelings on the series because I was, uh, you kind of had to be a glutton for punishment at times with the pacing of, of the show. Yeah, nothing would happen, um, then it would, they would have, like, this big mid-season cliffhanger, and then they'd resolve something ten episodes later. Like, that was, like, the first four or five seasons. Uh, but it definitely, um... There was a formula to it, and for the most part, it followed that formula, but it created some great characters. I mean, let's face it, like, the governor was a great character. Negan's Negan, a great character. A great still going. character. Still going. Oh, really? Like, there's a... There's, he's still... I'm surprised he's still oh, alive. There's a fucking spinoff with him and Maggie coming. Like, Batman's parents? Yes. Batman's parents. Maggie and Megan. I didn't Megan. even mean to say that. Oh, I'm so fucking tired. Keegan Megan. All right, so uh, let's let's but, but wrap anyways, up Walking yeah. Dead. So I mean that uh, I, you know it's not uh, again you know it follows suit for the trope. It's not anything new. They didn't reinvent the wheel with this, but it does you know again. Uh, follow the trope it follows you know suit you know in this world where zombies are supposed to be this huge threat and at times they are the even bigger threat are the survive the humans that are trying to survive and, I'll and, give and, you and a... going about it in a way that they feel they need to in a way to survive yeah and i'll i'll uh put an addendum on that um because I liked this and you liked this a whole lot and we're waiting for the next season to come out. But this is uh, a very similar path of uh, Black Summer where there's the zombie apocalypse. Yes. And like, oh, my God. Black Summer. As soon as somebody uh, dies, like they turn. Like There isn't like, oh, you got bitten. We have several episodes until you turn. Oh, man. Let's have this long, heartfelt goodbye. It's like, nope. Oh, you died? Oh shit! I'd better get away from you right the fuck now because or, you're like, about to be a zombie. Blow your brains out because you're you're about to turn. Yeah, that's actually that's a very good series. I almost forgot about that because it's been so long since we've gotten a new season. Um, probably the most realistic. Yeah, especially the way like the, the way dead pe- weight is. Handled. Well, I was gonna say, and not so much the way that the zombies are. Uh, but the way that the people react to them, it's very realistic. You know, not everyone is a dead shot. 
Oh yeah, even like the hardcore military people. Right, you know, it's uh, people panic, people who aren't supposed to panic in times of, of distress and whatnot, people who are trained to not panic in times of distress do because that's just human nature. That's what that's what happens. That's a, that's actually another great one where, mm. you know, again, following the zombie trope, um, but they have these different groups of people and some people are better than others and yeah, some and... people are more of a threat to the other people around them. Right. Uh, so I'm going to build off of walking in apparently another zombie one, uh, but it's not just zombies. Uh, Resident Evil, mm. uh, whether you want to go with the movies, the TV show, which I haven't watched, or the games, I don't really well, because, need I mean, to watch Because, I mean, it's not just show. zombies, it's monsters and it's stuff, too. It's bio-organic weapons. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, the It's the, the Umbrella virus. Corporation, right. ultimately. It's, it's, it's the higher-ups, you know, Umbrella High Command who... Like, oh, we found this great thing. Let's turn it into a weapon. Oh, my God. Do you Did you ever watch this show called Under the Umbrella Tree? Nope. Never even heard of it. If you out there remember a show called... It, it was a kid's show. I want to say it was on Disney. Disney or Nickelodeon. Anyways, they were like puppets. I think one of them was like a blue jay or something like that. Vlad and Guerrero? It was like, Under the Umbrella Tree. Or something like that. But anyways, you just said Umbrella Corporation. Well, no, you said That's Umbrella where... Corporation. I, I, well, I triggered that memory. Oh, my good. You don't even so... remember who triggered the memory. <laughs> but yeah, basically, you know, no matter what happened, you know, from the Spencers to everyone on down to Wesker, it was just like, oh, wow, we saw what this thing did. Let's try it again, but with, like, a different population. One more time, with feeling. Like... You know, they they destroyed Raccoon City because, you know, like all the shit they did up in the Arclay Mountains, like everything, it just kept spreading further and further. And all they kept doing was like, oh, I wonder what happens if we add like, you know, two scoops of raisins to this T-virus, you know, and like <laughs> all they kept trying to do is create better and better bioorganic weapons and like trying to create like the tyrant program, which spawned, you know, Nemesis and Mr. X um yeah not not a good plan not a good plan so um i would say you know there's a, there's a lot of different characters to put in there but if you're not steeped in the lore um it doesn't make sense so we'll just go with albert wesker because uh, he was one of the bad guys in the in the games over and over again and let's go dr isaacs played by uh, ian glenn from uh game of thrones uh we'll go with him as the uh, main antagonist um, what do you got next? Uh, just a, a side note there. If you are a fan of the Resident Evil films and you have not listened to our episode on Alice, I highly suggest that you do so. It was my first time watching those films in their entirety, and it was a, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed those films a lot to the point I... where I can... I can envision myself rewatching them. Oh yeah, I rewatch all point. seven all six of them every every year I watch all six of them. I just recently did it in uh May uh June and uh, July and August I watched I rewatched those along with Hellraiser and Saw. So what's your next one? So another one kind of following uh you know again not the trope of of zombies, but the trope of of monsters, aliens, what have you. 
uh, a quiet place, but not necessarily the the first one. It's the second one, where you know, if you if you recall, the first one did have a couple of other people in it, but was mainly focused on this family, uh, and this family uh, surviving and navigating through you know um, the ins and outs of of what's happening. Uh, but the second one. They leave, they encounter people, and again, it's it's the same thing as like the zombie films, in a sense that everyone's just trying to survive. They hear about like they hear rumor of this uh, this haven, this safe space, and they're trying to to get there while other people are trying to get there as well. And sometimes other people feel that if you know. Other people are trying to get there at the same time that they're trying to get there, that there isn't going to be room for everybody. So they need to uh, limit the amount of people going to this safe place. Um, but again, you know, it's it's there's this obvious threat. But at this point, they kind of know how to how to work through that threat, work around that threat. I mean, it's still a threat. You know, people are still dying because of these aliens inhabiting their world. But it's more so the people that they are encountering. You know, some are very helpful and they just want to help and they want to, you know, preserve as many survivors as they possibly can. But you have those people who either it's it's narcissism selfishness it's mostly selfishness um, wanting to hoard all the resources because they know no there are no new ones being made right so yeah uh i'm gonna go with one that i thought i, I think you were like oh that doesn't count but uh one that we covered recently and we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks uh, not just on our show, but on uh, on the uh, 13 Days of Hallowtober. Uh, 30 Days of Night. Now, if you're not familiar with this uh, comic or movie, basically it's a group of vampires who goes up to northern Alaska where there are 30 days of night consecutively because of the way the uh, earth tilts. You know, you get... Uh, a month of darkness where the sun does not shine at all and they are led there by the stranger who is played in the film by Ben Foster um, so this group of vampires just goes and preys on everyone who stays in the town they kill everyone and um, like that's their plan but in order to do that they need to send their familiar in so he goes in, he destroys all the satellite phones, you know, he sabotages a bunch of stuff to make it impossible for these people to get away, to escape, to contact the outside world. So he's the real villain because he has to go in and, uh, you know, kind of set everyone up for slaughter. And he's doing it under the pretense of they're going to make me a vampire and I'm going to be awesome just like them. No, not you, Gizmo. No, not you, Gizmo. Uh, yeah, he has a tough time. But he's the real villain because of him. Like Everything else gets put into motion and like 150 people get killed. He's part villain, part schmuck. Well, I mean, you have to be a bad person to be like, 
hell yeah, I'll sacrifice 150-ish people and kill a bunch of dogs. You forget he killed a bunch of dogs. That is unforgivable. Right. Like, Josh Hartnett should have John Wicked his ass. Like, that was... Like that's one of the, that's one of the things that he had to do. He killed all the sled dogs so they can't get away. So he's the real villain of that. Uh, you have a couple of good ones. Yeah. So next on my list is Snowpiercer. Um, this one is a little different because of the premise. Uh, the threat is climate and climate change, and the last living bit of humanity is on this train that constantly runs that orbits the world you know um is orbits the right word there it, it travels it travels the it, world it goes it circle, around it, it circles, circles the world it circles the earth that does some stuff. It, it encircles the Earth on its track. Like, it follows a worldwide track. It's one long track that takes it all the way around. I don't know about orbit. It's a word that was chosen. That made a choice. You it's did. fine. Um, but, you know, it, again, like, at first glance, you wouldn't necessarily maybe think of this, but all of these people are trapped on this train uh they wanted to be there but at the same time how they were categorized and whatnot is is different so there's this hierarchy to this train and it's that hierarchy and the people who are enforcing this hierarchy and enforcing certain things to happen to enforce natural selection i mean therefore making it unnatural selection um you know population control so to speak uh the main person who is in charge of everything his name is wilford he's played by ed harris who is just a uh, he's a really interesting character he has you know, people who work directly for him. Uh, Tilda Swinton is one of those. She plays a rather uh, distinguished looking, not not distinguished, but... Uh, distinctive. Distinctive, thank you, looking character named Mason, uh, who does a lot of Wilford's bidding and does a lot to uh, try to inform force these hierarchical ideals to keep the peace saying that everything happens for a purpose and this is what we need to do and it's for the good of the train it's for the good of the people and obviously the whole point of the, the film is the people in the back the, the 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 last car the people who are you know the bottom dwellers uh the people who are literally being shat on by by these these other people uh forced to eat bugs that they don't realize is bugs until they start to revolt and make their way through the train they slowly make their way through each car and each car contains a different part of the hierarchy the people in the back are revolting both kinds yeah <laughs> well it's not it's not a different part of the hierarchy it's just each each train car 
Like while everyone in the back is, you know, packed like sardines. Well, and they have a very specific set of rules that they need to live by. They have to have a count every day. And if there's a kid, like they can, the people up front can just take them. But like as you go through the train, there's like the water filtration system. There's this, there's that. that and then you start getting into... This is the sushi car. This is the aquarium car. This is the the garden car. This is, you know, each car has this. Well, they they have sushi twice a year, That's January true. and July, and the only reason that they can have it then is because that is when their ecosystem is balanced, yes. which means that that is when enough people have died. Mm-hmm. So that they're eco because they have this whole aquarium set up and whatnot. But part of that is. For filtering the water and filtering air, uh, similar to in uh, uh, another one that you're going to mention in a little bit, mm-hmm. um, they use a similar system uh, of aquaponics, um, and then they have like the dance club car, and then there's you know it's basically like the dance club rave. Yeah, but as car. you as you get there's a prison closer, car. right? But as you get closer to that front car like the the i don't even know what it's called like the head of the The train the engine yeah um things get a little bit nicer things get better things are uh more yeah like uppity well there's there's the sonic it it it, there are cars to uh because i mean there's there's a car that's the school there's right there's a car to attend to every specific need or taste like oh do you need a tailored suit okay you can go to this car do you want to go to a rave orgy go to this car do you want to go sit in a a sauna go to this right but certain people are only allowed to go to certain cars no anybody who's up front can go i mean like you're not going to have like a 35 year old guy going to the school but like well, anybody no, who's not what in I'm the saying, rear of yeah. the train can go anywhere they want. So it's this this uprising that happens where the people from the back are so sick. It's very similar to Land of the Dead. Yes. Uh, you know, they, they, they are so sick of their situation and how they're being treated and, you know, wanting to know what's up there. Because not everything can be like this. And there's also there has there have been several scheduled uprisings where they need to go and call a certain amount of the population to maintain balance well, so well, that and everyone. That's the thing, yeah. But they're not going to do that to the people in the front. You take that. You take out the trash in the back. Like that's. Yeah. So the people in the back are pretty much there to help maintain the ecosystem for the people in the front of the car. Yes. And. It's as you get closer to that main car up front, these people get more and more. I should say that the people who are working for Wilford. Wilford's terrible. I mean, like, good intentions, terrible person. Well, it's just it makes it more difficult to get to him. Like, but, you know, like he says, he's he's trapped in the front. He can't go anywhere because he has to maintain the engine. But... You know, he can still go to the sushi car and he can still go. You know, he's having he's having steak while they're eating bugs. Yeah. So it's there are there are levels of captivity that are different. But, yeah, people are. But they're but, but at the same time, they're all stuck on this train or so they think 
because of the climate change outside it's so cold everything has is, is all frozen over it's it's this right they even sing a song about it. what happens if the engine stops we all freeze and die yeah. <laughs> like that's the song that they sing with the kids but that's been their belief because that's what they've experienced only one person on the entire train knows the knows the truth because the last time they stopped the train it had been what 7 years and you could still see you could see the, the people the people who froze they made it a lot, like 50 yards from the train before they all froze to death yep standing up because it was that cold so yeah, like that's definitely one. You have uh, another good one in there too. Yeah, so um I have three more left on my list. I only uh, have two. Well, I have th- I suppose three. Okay, well I just said one, so you say one. Uh okay. It's back and forth. It's called a dialogue. This is uh this is one of the ones I said would blow your mind. Now, this is a series that has uh, nine total films. Uh, The first one came out in 1968. And apparently there's another one coming out, and I'm irritated that basically the same guy playing the same character, but it's it's playing his own grandson. It's weird. Um, He's his own grandpa? Yeah, it's weird. You know, Philip J. Fry is his own grandpa. He is, literally. And in this case... So is Andy Serkis. I'm talking about Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay. The humans are the bad people. Uh, they mistreat the apes from day one. Like the first, the first time we see. So, if you haven't seen all of the films, basically what happened is astronauts brought back some sort of disease from space that killed off all the dogs and cats. And this, uh. This is a battle for the planet of the apes. That's in uh, it. It opens up with the title um, North America 1991. But as far as I know, this hasn't happened. Uh, And they have just thousands and thousands of of apes who have, uh, you know, chimpanzee. It's chimpanzees, gorillas, orangutans uh, that have grown to uh, the size of humans. So in just a few short years, in under 20 years, they went from, you know, chimpanzees being small uh, small creatures to human size, six feet tall. I was going to say, that's a, that's a hell of a, of and a timeline. And gorillas apparently got smaller, like orangutans got smaller. Like everyone is basically built like Roddy McDowell because Roddy McDowell plays his own grandson. He pl- he's yeah he plays his he plays Cornelius he plays Caesar he plays it's it's weird but um that story is you know they come uh and there are the the reason that everyone is afraid of an ape uprising is because uh about 20 years prior there was uh, from the future, two talking apes who told of what happened at the end of Beneath the Planet of the Apes when it was completely destroyed. Earth was completely destroyed. And they were terrified of Zira, which is uh, the, the the female chimpanzee from the future, of her child. And so they swapped babies out and the talking baby Caesar, who was raised by Ricardo Montalban, 
ended up becoming the leader, seeing the injustice. Basically, it was an allegory for the slave trade because that's exactly how they were taught how to do at first tricks, but because they they learned so quickly, they were so smart, they were given jobs. And it's it's a very very similar story to a lot of like the robot uprising films that you'll see. And it's like, oh, I don't want to do this shitty menial job anymore. Like I'm, I should be able to have a, a higher purpose. And the apes, tired of being, you know, held down by humanity rise up and the humans of course do what they always do nuke everything which is how you get that uh statue of liberty scene at the end of the original so it's a very weird cyclical story um like it's kind of like a tarantino timeline where like you're dropped in the middle of something but like all the events that lead to that happening it's called a temporal causality loop so when taylor which is um charlton hessen's character ends up on this planet he didn't go to a different planet he just went back in time um which then allowed the apes to travel back in time by using the technology of the second spacecraft that crashed with brent's ship james franciscus um, and they traveled back in time at the end of the second one. So at the beginning of the third one, they've traveled back to Earth, and they put into motion the very events that lead to them going back in time. It's weird and it's complicated, and it's there's a lot of time travel stuff. But the only reason why the apes and, and the reason why the apes hate the humans throughout the entire thing because the there's a different class system. So the the orangutans are essentially the ones who are in charge of, you know, religion and science. Like, they're the politicians who have final say over everything. Uh, the chimpanzees are really, like, the researchers and the scientists. And the gorillas are warlike and aggressive and violent. Which, that's how they separate the three. I don't know what happened to all the other... Uh, types of apes, but those are the only three we get. But it's always the humans at the root of the problem. You know, they treat the apes like slaves, you know, they and they revolt, and you know, that's why humans, uh, it's totally fine to perform lobotomies on them in the original films when the apes have taken over. Bottom line, it's it's always the people. People are always the worst. Well, I mean, you know, if you think about it, just kind of a side note, uh, when it comes to the reasoning behind all of these apocalyptic, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic apocalypse films, the zombies, the this, the that, the what have you, uh, humans are usually the cause of all of these, you know? So really what we're feeling is just the fruits of our labor. It's basically the fuck around and find out. Uh, cause yeah. and effect exactly 
Exactly. Like humans are, are really the root of all evil. So what's uh, what's your next one? So next on my list is a film that came out a couple of years ago. Um, it's definitely a movie. The concept is interesting, though. Uh, the execution leaves a little something to be desired, but it's definitely worth mentioning in this discussion. Bird Box. It kind of fits our, our, our narrative for today. So Yeah, we talked about this a little bit. It's yeah, a bit of a stretch. It, it, yeah, but... so so my next my next ones, uh my next couple of uh of examples are definitely a little bit of a stretch, uh, but still kind of fit into, you know, the trope that we're we're talking about today. So you have Bird Box, it's this, you know, it, something this entity this we don't really exactly know what it is because we never see it and apparently it's probably a good thing we haven't seen it because of of what you know came out after the fact saying oh there were these drawings of like you know the concept art babies. for the baby yeah, yeah like weird some really weird shit and honestly i think that uh using your imagination sometimes is the best thing you can do so um you see this entity you see the most horrible thing you've ever seen in your life and you immediately kill yourself which is a very interesting you know uh a take on on things uh so we have this group of survivors and of these groups of survivors are groups of people who so apparently if you are of normal sound mind and you see these creatures or you know you see what they what they're projecting onto you or whatever you know you you you, you go insane you unalive yourself yeah you go insane versus if you're already insane if you already have some type of of mental distress or whatever uh you see it and it becomes the most joyful beautiful thing you've ever seen and you feel that everyone needs to look at it because you think that everyone is going to see what you're seeing even though you see that other people are seeing it and they are offing themselves you know you want people to see this because it's it's the most magnificent thing you've ever viewed in your life uh so it's the 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 difference between those two groups and then obviously you have like the dichotomy of of you know within those groups you have you know some of these survivors who are just complete assholes who are really just out for themselves and then you have some of these survivors who are really trying to work together uh to preserve humanity in some way shape or form so you know what it comes down to is the survivors butting heads and the survivors who are you know not willing to who who know that they are of sound mind and if they viewed these creatures that they they would go insane uh you know coming to to coming to 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like coming to head, coming to coming to conflict. Y- yeah, sure. Coming into conflict with the uh, people who have seen it and they want to show you. You know, let me let me show you. They have so what was it? We have such wondrous sights to we show have you. Such so, sights to yes, show you. That. That, uh, so yeah, so it kind of follows this trope a little bit, um, where, but it's not necessarily the fault of the people. It's not necessarily the people. Uh, it's the people who are already bad who would do this shit anyways. Right. So, right. Yeah, I think they're they're just bad people in general. Um, you know, aside from the fact that shame the fucking kids boy and girl until they were like like she takes the the lady she's like oh i'm very adamant that you name my daughter after a disney princess okay i'm gonna name you after your mom whose name's like olympia jerry glenn but yeah so anyways it's uh it's not a it's not a good enough movie to elaborate on but it's good enough to at least talk about the concept a little bit. Uh, you know, this this landscape that was created by, you know, again, we don't really know where they came from, what they are, uh, how many of them are that, you know, there's a lot we don't know. It's more or less how the survivors are trying to cope and trying to continue to be survivors. And then you have the differences between the, the two main parties, you know, those who refuse to see it because they don't want to suffer the consequences and the ones who have seen it, who, you know, because they're already not of sound mind, you know, it, it's, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm going to move on to my next one. Um, I'll make this my last one because the next one, the other one that I had was also similar. Um, But Terminator. Yeah. Humans are the bad. And why are humans bad? Because the humans. Well, didn't the humans create the Terminator? Well, humans created Skynet. But there is a theory that why do all the Terminators look like people? Why do they act like people? Why do they... They have, you know, like... <gasps> Soylent Green is people. No. No, that's not why. Um, they have fully functioning human anatomy. You know, like this, it's sweat, bad breath, everything. Oh, f- fully, fully functional? Yes. Uh, Terminators are sex robots that uh, were tired of being used as sex robots. You only like me for my body. And they're um, even like the human body is when it comes to being an efficient killer. Where would you rank humans among other animals? Uh, Pretty low. Yeah. Claws. Nope. Horns. Nope. You know, protective plating. Nope. Uh, Spikes. Nope. Uh, well, I mean, not venom? built in. Venom? Nope. Like, big sharp teeth? Nope. Like, what What do they do? Like, if you take a human and put it in any other environment, you know, people are like, oh, sharks attack people. Right. You know why? Because you in the shark's house. But why? 
because it's fucking easy. You can't swim that fast. You're not going to put up much of a fight. Like, it's... There's a Gary Larson cartoon where there's two bears. Or is it... Was it bear? No, it was crocodiles. They're like, wow, that was great. No horns, no, you know, no no claws, just soft and pink. And he said, yeah, eating people is nature's equivalent of us eating spam. Like, you just... Pff, this is super easy, like barely an inconvenience. Oh, I can do this. This is wicked easy. You think it's easier to chase down a human for a lion or to tackle a fucking wildebeest? You're going to go after the person. If you have the choice between the two of them, oh, it's way easier. Why would you bother going after a wildebeest if you could just eat a, eat a people? So the Terminators... That's the only reason why they're in human form. Because what would you do? Humans intrinsically do not trust one another. If some random dude came up to you and was like, come with me if you want to live, you'd be like, all right, back off, you fucking bozo. Like, I'm I'm going somewhere else. Um, oh, yeah, but, wait a minute. But if, say, a puppy came up to you, and was like, oh, help me, I'm a puppy and I need some help from human friends. I mean, he's not saying it, but, he, you know, he's doing puppy stuff. And then, like, you're like, oh, puppy, let me help you. And, like, you go to pick up the puppy and he's got a gun in his mouth and he shoots you right in the face. Bam. Done. That's a bad puppy. John Connor's dead in seconds. You think John Connor runs from a puppy? No, he'll run from a cop, though. He'll run from a cop with his stolen $300 and his fucking Atari, you know, steal all your shit 2600 But he's not going to run from a puppy. Cute little puppy, adorable little puppy. Take that T-1000 type of uh, shape-shifting. Get the puppy that he likes. Puppy comes up to him. And since they know that uh, they use... Terminate, they use dogs to sniff out Terminators. Well, the, if the dog was a Terminator, it would be barking at itself. So th that's his logic, because he's uh, 10. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what I would go with. Uh, t the people are the bad. And why are people bad? You know, because they're destroying the planet. They're, they're ruining not bad. The they're just strong that way. No, they're bad. Um, so, yeah, the Terminator, and to a lesser extent, the Matrix... You know, but again, that goes back to that, like, slavery thing where, like, oh, we created this, so you have to do everything we say. You know, very... The same argument I made for Planet of the Apes. So, same same thing, uh, except the robots would be a million times more efficient because they're robots. So, uh, that's, that's my list. Uh, what else have you got? So, I have two more, and I'll just kind of breeze through these quickly. Uh, one being 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, again, this one, it falls into this, but you kind of have to stretch it a little bit because um, John Goodman plays Howard. He's the, he's the bad guy, but there's a little bit of kind of like ambiguity there for a moment because, you know, you don't really know, is there this apocalypse that's happening outside? Are these giant alien monsters coming to Earth to destroy everything? Uh, is he really trying to keep these people safe in this bunker that he has built under his house? Or is he just kidnapped them or the way he, he kidnapped the first girl? crazy? Yeah. 
You know, like, does he mean well or is he psychotic? I mean, the answer is both because it just so happens there is an alien apocalypse. But he's also a fucking lunatic who crashed uh, Mew's car. Mew, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mew. Oh, Mew. Mew. Uh, Mrs. Obi-Wan's car. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I saved you. Yeah, you put me in peril, you dick. Yeah, but I saved you. Like it doesn't it doesn't work like that. It's not like, you know, Superman takes you and like tosses you off a building and then catches you before yeah. you hit the ground. I yeah. saved you. Yeah, you also threw me off the yeah, fucking yeah. building. Yes, but you didn't die because I saved you. That's Superman. Uh, that is that is a voice. fantastic Christopher Reeves who? Yeah, right. That's I mean Tim Daly, I'm coming for your job. I'm gonna be voicing Superman. Oh, look at me. I am Superman. Eat your vegetables and don't do drugs. So oh, wait, the... that's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> A real American. Stay in school, brother. So anyways. Last on my list. Again, it's a stretch, but it's the purge. So these films, it's not necessarily the post-apocalyptic wasteland that you would think, but it's like post-apocalyptic politics. Well, no, it's it's also like humans being the real villain. Yeah, because we find out that the whole reason that the purge happens, first of all, the purge allows people to do like whatever it shows, they want, shows you what people would do were there no laws and no rules. And apparently they, they claim it's to help the crime uh, rate. Crime rate. Yes. But we find out that it's, you know, basically for entertainment purposes for the rich elite upper class. The 1%. Yeah. They're like, Oh, look, we, we took out more poor people. Hmm. Pass me the uh, thousand-year-old brandy made of the tears of Charlemagne. I don't know. I don't know how. Sounds delicious. Salty. Where can I get that? It's quite salty. Thank you, sir. I'll have another. Made from tears. Um. Yeah. So. So again, like it's uh. It doesn't necessarily fit in, but at the same time, it does because you have these characters, you know, you're given free range to do whatever the fuck you want for like, what, a 12 hour period? Uh, 24 hours. Crime is all crime is legal. But then you have the guy like, uh, what's his name? Not, Not Sugar Ray. What the fuck is his name? He looks like the McGrath guy. What's his name? Jerry McGrath from Sugar Ray. Mark McGrath? Mark McGrath. It's the guy that looks like him. Oh, what the fuck is his name? Matt Matt Dillon? Matt Dillon does not look like Mark McGrath. I I always conflated the two of them, especially in the 90s. They look exactly the same. Give give Matt Dillon frosted yeah. tips. Hold on, no, hold on. No, give Matt Dillon frosted no, tips no, and have him that's... hang out with. Are you talking about the uh, actor from the first one? Yeah, isn't it? That's yeah. not Matt Dillon. No, it's Ethan Hawke. Same guy. It, Whatever. He does not look like Mark McGrath. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Hold on, Mark McGrath. I'm gonna hold this. Up to uh He clearly does not want to fly. 
Okay. Well, you're going to tell me. I'm holding this up to the I microphone. Mean, People at home, tell me what you think. Yeah, tell me what you see. All right, you're going to tell me uh, that Ethan Hawke, look at those pictures side by side. Tell I me mean, I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, you're wrong. No, I'm not. But I, mean, I didn't if realize you wanna, that was Lena Headey in it as well. If you well. want to pick him now, now he looks like PC Principal from South Park. <laughs> He does. I'm, uh, the, I'm the comptroller of Flavortown. But again, you know, you kind of get alderman. You kind of get two tiers of the trope with this one because you have, you know, people. You have the people who don't participate, who you know refuse to compromise their mor- morals in such a way. Right, because every morning when he wakes up, there's a halo hanging from the corner <laughs> of his girlfriend's four post bed. You know that it indicates he's a good person. And that's definitely not a reference of a condom. I'm trying to make a point. You have the two tiers of this trope. You have the people who, you know, participate in the purge versus the people who don't. You know, some people just cannot compromise their Christianity to do so. They can't compromise their morals. Uh, they, they, they choose to sit this one out. Uh, whereas, you know, obviously there are plenty of people who do choose to participate because I mean hello you know you you can do whatever the fuck you want you know for an, an, an extended amount of time you know with zero consequences like you know that just that just doesn't happen you know but then you have the other tier of people who you know enforce this started this whole thing for sheer entertainment value under the pretense of well it's gonna help crime and it's gonna do this and we're all gonna be better people and population control and blah 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 uh but ultimately they're just doing it because they're all depraved and you know uh this is this is this is apparently how they choose to be entertained what a bunch of jerk faces so that's all I've got. That was a lot. Yeah, I didn't that think was we were a lot go more. Yeah. Well, I mean, and there's also a bunch that we could like really do a deep dive into, but you know, we just kind of wanted to go into some of these, some of these you people. Know, but again, you know, a, a lot of these these films and television shows, you know, they're so different, but at the heart of it, you know, they really follow this trope and these characters. You know, you have the characters that you can't help but root for, and you have these characters who are just so sadistic that the apocalypse, you know, they, they may have been um, docile before, you know, but they use the apocalypse as a chance to uh, not only get out of their credit card debt, but as a chance to reinvent themselves. And they, they do so by becoming a monstrous person, just a just a terrible person. It's almost like they, they, they try to become the person that they've always wanted to become, you know, which with, is which with, is which is the opposite of who they were. Again, like, this is who I would be if I didn't have to. If I didn't have to deal with rules and everything. Right. So with that being said, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have battle results from last week. We'll also be talking about what's coming up in the weeks to come. Uh, maybe some wine, maybe some science and we a like whole wine. bunch of fun. So we'll be right back. 
Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, a bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons, I don't know, help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibers. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplange. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retrodoctopus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. Of problems. Hey. They might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retroid Octopus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar podcast networks, with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. are back so i hope you enjoyed that uh conversation not just about the apocalypses but about the uh franchises and properties where people are the real monster because i mean if you've paid attention for the past i don't know forever you realize that in all the cases all the worst things that have ever happened caused by people it's a true story yep so we have uh, battle results, you said. Oh, we do. Yeah, Ooh, I. Uh, let me, let me, let me stall a little bit while I pull them up, because uh, I was super prepared. Because I'm always prepared, very prepared, just always, always prepared. Um, no, last week we did throw down a new battle. Uh, it was a really good battle too, and I'm going to talk about it in a minute. Um, yes, so last week we threw down the terrifying tag team turmoil, which fierce final girl paired alongside her atrocious adversary has what it takes to slash the competition and be the last team standing. Anything goes. The sandbox was the Tech Noir Dance Club, and the special guest referee was none other than Miss Ellen Ripley. You could choose from Sally Hardesty and Leatherface, Laurie Strode and Michael Myers, Nancy Thompson and Freddy Krueger, or Ginny Field and Jason Voorhees. And uh, landslide victory this one, Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. Not surprised. I mean, especially, uh, I mean, this one might suffer from recency bias, considering... Uh, uh, maybe, yes. You know, yeah. we just got two new... Um, Where Laurie Strode has proven herself to be quite the badass grandma. Well, in one of them, she proved that. In the other well, one, the, she sat in bed. Yeah, the other one, she was devastatingly underused but i have a feeling that uh or at least i'm hoping that halloween halloween ends will uh, they said it's very it. emotional or evil cries tonight evil cries 
Oh, so anyways, um, I have, well, so it's not a wine. You know, occasionally I take a step back. Why not? (laughs) Occasionally I take a step back. Uh, And I will talk about other beverages of the non-alcoholic variety. Not everyone drinks alcohol. And to be completely honest, I don't drink alcohol all the time. Um, Dunkin' Donuts. If you have one near you, now I know there's some there's some you know uh, uh, opinions about Dunkin' Donuts and what have you, and that's fine. But I live in New England, and here in New England, America runs on Dunkin'. They have recently released their pumpkin spice. Yes, that's right, pumpkin spice is back, bitches. It's fall. It feels like fall. Uh, I love this time of year. The pumpkin spices have it's been back for. Uh, a few weeks now. Um, but anyways, I, I'm, I'm not here just to talk about pumpkin spice and my, my love for pumpkin spice and pumpkin spice everything. And fun fact, I actually use pumpkin spice year round. You can do that. You can have these fall flavors year round. Anyways, uh, Dunkin' Donuts has this drink that they are currently promoting that I cannot get enough of, but I limit myself because they can be rather expensive at times. Not as expensive as Starbucks, but still pretty expensive. It is the pumpkin iced chai latte. It is a chai tea latte with the pumpkin spice flavoring. Now, I like to get mine non-dairy, so I get mine with oat milk, milk. which is the boat milk, yes, uh, which to be completely honest, makes this the best consistency. Oat milk can be really creamy and thick. And for certain things, it is perfect. And in this instance, it is perfect because, oh my God, it is. So if you are diabetic by any chance, maybe this is not the perfect drink for you or, um, you know, consume in moderation. You don't have to get a large like I do every time I go. Uh, but it is, oh, it is so good. It's just like a burst of fall in your mouth. Like it's just, it's a, it's a party of chai spices and pumpkin spices and black tea. And the oat milk's like, hey, guess what? I'm here too. And we're having fun. And you don't need any other sweetener in this because it is sweet enough as it is Typically, I don't like my stuff as sweet, but uh, I think it's because of all the other spices and stuff in it. It's really good. It is really good. So yeah, if you haven't tried it, I cannot recommend enough. And it tastes good hot too, but we've been having some really ridiculously warm weather here in New England. So although I consume my coffee hot, regardless of the weather, uh, sometimes I like my, my, my tea lattes iced. Uh, so yeah, it's the pumpkin iced chai tea latte at Dunkin' Donuts, and I highly recommend getting it with oat milk. It is perfection. I'm get. I have to work. So what I do is, if I have to go to work on the weekends, which is a lot, uh, I treat myself. That's my that's my going into work beverage, and uh, it's really good. Yes, yeah, so hold on. Uh-huh, yeah, just like that. <laughs> yeah, so for science this week, I have uh, an interesting fact. There was a um, a recent discovery by the James Webb Space Telescope. 
I mean, I don't know why they call it that. Of course, the telescope is used to look into space. You also launched it into space. Anyways, uh, there was a report that it found an Earth-like planet. So you're probably thinking, how much like Earth is it? Well, on this planet, at night, it rains lava. Just like Earth. Just like on Earth. So, and apparently this is like every night, which is weird. So I don't know how Earth-like that actually is. Precipitation of the lava variety? Maybe they're just saying like it's Earth-like as in like a similar size, similar distance from its star. But uh, if it rains lava each night... I, I don't think it's going to be very habitable. Maybe what it's trying to say is, I lava you. Oh, maybe you should listen to that song. That's the song that they have. The song? Yeah, the 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 song from uh, the lava song, lava. The Two Islands. Oh, the Pixar short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The la- so yeah, I didn't even think of that. I lava you. So... What do we have coming up? So next week, brace yourself, kids, because this is going to be a phenomenal episode. So we are continuing our delving into all of these horror tropes and the characters that contribute to these tropes and all that fun stuff. We're talking about vampires, and we have a couple of very special guests joining us. And one of these special guests has a very special announcement that they are promoting. And we will be promoting along with them because we are part of that. Yes. So it'll be a really great episode. I'm so excited to record this episode. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Two horror buffs are joining us. Very knowledgeable people. I'm can't wait. Uh, Not only are they friends of ours, and I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with them, but I'm also really looking forward to learning something from them as well, because I'm sure they're going to be uh, divulging lots of knowledge while talking about a lot of fun stuff. So, yeah, so we're talking about vampires of every variety, even the sparkly ones. Hashtag Team Edward. (laughs) But yeah, we've got some great stuff coming up for you in these coming weeks, so stay tuned. You're going to be very, very happy with what's going on. And And we uh, will see see you you next next Thursday. Thursday. We promise it'll actually be Thursday. Yes.